Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the podcast. We are diving into a bit of a cheekily named podcast today. I've called it Three Ways to Royally Fuck Your Maintenance Phase. And this came about because I put up a poll on Instagram of a number of different topics that you guys would like to see more info on or hear me speak on. One of them was the mindset of a maintenance phase. And whilst this isn't specifically mindset related, it is the three biggest mistakes I see women make during maintenance phases. So very excited to get in. Now, before we start the episode, I would be super grateful if if you resonate with this podcast, if you could share that on your Instagram stories or Facebook or whatever social platforms you like to share content on. Uh, Tell a friend if you know that they're making any of these mistakes or that you think that they would benefit from this episode as well. And if you really, really love the podcast, I would super appreciate if you could go to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave me a review there. That means so much to me. So let us dive in. The very first mistake that I see happen with maintenance phases is believing that it acts as a holding bay until your next deficit phase. So the wrong thinking here is that progress isn't made in a maintenance phase. We hear the word maintenance and rather than understanding that it purely means the maintenance of calories. So it means that we should be maintaining our body weight. A lot of people hear, oh, it means a maintenance of progress, which is absolutely not correct. Now, coming off the back of that, people also go, okay, so if it's a maintenance of progress, it means I don't need to set any goals. And you can see how you've just fucked yourself over twice, not even once. This is dot point one, but you fucked yourself twice with this very first point, okay? So the wrongful thinking here, like I said, is that maintenance, the word a maintenance phase, maintenance is talking about progress when it's actually just talking about your energy consumption, your the, the balance of energy and energy out is at a maintenance level. Okay. So believe it or not, and hopefully you have some inkling of this, but we are going to make more progress in a maintenance phase than we are going to be making in a deficit phase. Now, what do I mean by that? A deficit phase in a deficit phase, especially if we're not a newbie, say in that first like six to 12 months of really decent programmed training, we are going to see body fat loss, but we're not going to see much of anything else in terms of probably strength progress and definitely muscle mass gain. Okay. So a lot of my clients do continue to progress in strength through a deficit phase up until maybe the last four or so weeks. And I definitely think you should be able to at least maintain uh, progress in terms of strength uh, initially when we dive into a deficit phase. But 
it makes so much sense with a lack of available energy, with a with the onset of fatigue, with the onset of stress that a deficit brings about. Potentially, even when we start to get quite lean, lack of sleep, um, it's going to be affecting recovery. We can see that it makes sense that in a deficit phase, we are not going to be able to achieve the amount of progress that we would when we're really well fueled and de-stressed, which is what's happening in a maintenance phase, right? Even like the ability to accumulate the amount of nutrients we need to support really high quality training sessions, muscle contractions, recovery, it's uh, hindered in a deficit phase. It's not, it's not going to be there like it will be in a maintenance phase. Okay. And I know you would have heard me talk before about like, if you're totally losing strength, the first week of a deficit, the first month of a deficit, you're probably just bullshitting yourself in your head and telling yourself stories that you're not as strong because you're in a deficit because it shouldn't accumulate that quick. But for certainly over time, we're going to have less energy in a deficit phase. We're going to be implementing or putting more stress on the body and we're going to be uh, not recovering as well as we would in a maintenance phase, right? And like I said before, just the access to the amount of micronutrients because we're minimizing food, right? It's just like if we have more food volume, more food that we can consume, we're more likely going to be able to consume a variety of nutrients. Whereas if we're in a deficit of calories, we're not having access to as much food. So it's like a, just a resource issue, yeah? We also know that in order to create muscle tissue, it's an energetically very expensive process. It consumes a lot of calories for us to do that. Uh, And so that's not going to be happening in deficit. Now, again, like I said before, if you're a newbie in your first six to 12 months of lifting or so of like programmed, you know, skillful lifting, then you're probably going to enter that honeymoon period where, you know, the stimulus is super, super high. So you, you may actually see some muscle growth in a deficit. That's really the only time we see it. Or I guess even if you're a seasoned lifter, but you've had lots of time off, that's where we might see it as well. But typically, if you're listening, I imagine you've been lifting for longer than six to 12 months. Uh, So we're really going to, like I said, need these extended maintenance phases in order to really maximize our progress. And that's not to mention like the health ramifications. We want to be living most of our life in at least a maintenance phase, right? We want to be able to really be happy with the physique we've got and be eating an amount of calories that is going to sustain our weight. And over time, we're chip, chip, chipping away, and we might be, you know, reducing body flat body fat slightly, increasing muscle mass slightly. And over time, we're getting this amazing body recomposition that, like I said, it does happen slowly at maintenance, but we will see it over time. And this is really cool where you can compare pictures year to year at the same scale weight and just see a a different physique, right? And it's like, shit, you know, I weigh the same in these two photos, yet I look like I have a completely different physique. And that's because of your increase in lean body mass, your increase in muscle tissue over time. And even with the same amount of body fat, an increase in muscle tissue will make a physique look leaner. And when we're looking at body fat percentages, of course, because it's a percentage, we're also looking at an increase in muscle mass, uh, decreasing body fat percentage because the overall you know, weight of someone, what's the percent of 
lean body mass, what's the percent of fat mass? And with those increases in lean body mass, the percentage of body fat drops down. So it is really cool, but these changes, you know, they happen over time and they're happening in maintenance when we have enough energy to create this stimulus, to create this change. In deficit phases where, you know, we need to look at them as the main goal of a deficit phase is to lose body fat. This is what's going to be happening. Whereas when we're looking at the main goal, goal of a maintenance phase, we're looking at, you know, number one, I would say health, right? Um, Optimize, you know, it's an amazing environment to optimize your health. But this is where we're going to see muscle mass being built and we're going to see really cool gains in strength. Now, of course, if you have the balls to do so and you really want to efficiently build muscle mass, then we're going to need to also dive into a surplus. This is going to be a conservative surplus. Like we really don't need a total excess of calories. And of course, if you're listening to this, we do want to minimize body fat gain for most people. Uh, I, I do know I am working with a few clients who we need to increase their body fat level, but for most clients, we don't really want to push that up too high, but we do want to build muscle mass. So it will be quite a conservative surplus phase, which could be, you know, only like between 100, say 300 calories, between 100 and 300 calories a day extra. That may be all we need for, you know, a a female who's trying to build muscle mass without putting on too much body fat that, you know, she may want to just get rid of later. So we're always thinking of like, what's the overall long-term goal for this person's physique? We do want to stay as close to it as possible, you know, year round. And and that's going to place the least amount of stress on the body as well. But it's really understanding that we don't want to be losing, gaining the same five kilos year after year. And what happens with those people who, you know, we might call that yo-yo dieting, they're actually impacting their metabolism in a negative fashion when we do that like weight cycling. And what is actually happening to people over time, they're in the deficit phase, they're actually losing muscle mass and then not even regaining that because their periods of maintenance aren't long enough to, you know, build any decent muscle. So all they're really doing with these constant deficit phases, you know, spurst with maybe a couple of weeks or months at maintenance is actually losing muscle mass over time. Um, so this person gets the opposite result compared to what I was speaking about the start at the start, where it's like over time, you know, if they compared photos five years ago to, you know, five years in the future, it's like, I actually look fucking worse even though I weigh the same and why is that because they've gained body fat and lost muscle mass so even though they weigh the same they're actually worse off in terms of their body composition so please keep that in mind and this just really goes to show why it is important that you take these phases really really seriously okay and this is going to bring me to my next point which is just feeling entitled to results that you haven't earned okay so when we're looking at engaging in maintenance phases and fucking things up, it's being really impatient and thinking that just because you saw, you know, potentially fat loss or, you know, centimeters coming off or your scale weight going down most weeks in a deficit phase, that you're going to see some kind of similar progress with building muscle in a maintenance phase. Now, specifically for females, we are going to see our rates of gain overall proportionally it's going to be quite slow. Okay. So 
Actually, the scientific evidence doesn't show too much difference, believe it or not, between males and females in terms of their ability to grow muscle mass, right? The difference is it's overall proportionality because so so often we're in smaller bodies. It's not going to be um, the same amount that men will who are in larger bodies. Now, the other thing we have to understand as well is that men have way higher levels of testosterone as well, which is really, really helpful for building muscle mass as a bit of a side note. Um Women with PCOS who have elevated levels of testosterone actually do tend to be able to uh, gain muscle mass at a little faster rate than women without it, which is really, really interesting. And when we look at a lot of top, you know, powerlifters or women in, you know, elite athletes, there may be slightly elevated levels of testosterone, but I'm getting off the topic now. So this is to say that we have to understand that we're not going to see these results as quickly and our body composition may look the same, especially in like non-flexed photos of ourselves, you're probably not going to see any change. Now, of course, at maintenance, we're maintaining our weight. What what are we trying to do? Like I said, we are trying to, you know, probably conservatively build some muscle mass at the very minimum, maintain it. And over time, over months and over years, we might see that reduction in uh, body fat and that slight increase in lean body mass. So what should we look at as our metrics for success when we're in a maintenance phase? We're really looking at your ability to increase total volume load lifted. So not total training volume, which means the amount of sets we're doing, but we're actually talking about the load. So the weight lifted per exercise, that's what we're wanting to increase. So for example, if you were doing a squat at 50 kilos for six reps three months ago in a maintenance phase, uh, now, you know, we're going to want to look at, you know, are we doing 55 kilos for six reps? Are we doing 60 kilos for six reps? Where has that total volume load increase happened? So that's what we're trying to look at when we're thinking of what metrics are we looking at for success in a maintenance phase. Another one related to body composition is our waist measurement staying relatively the same or stable. That would be amazing. We are going to see a little bit of a flux up just uh, compared to a deficit phase, just because we're ingesting more carbohydrates. And because we're ingesting more carbohydrates, every gram of carbs holds three gram, roughly three grams of water. So we are going to see our measurements shoot up a little bit compared to where we were at with a deficit phase. Just for that reason, there's multiple other reasons why we would see them shoot up a little bit as well. Just water retention being one of them. I mean, filled up muscle stores with glycogen is going to be another one. But if we can maintain the waist relatively close within, say, you know, two, three centimeters of where we were in a deficit phase, you're doing really, really well. So if we're able to do that and we're seeing strength progressions, I would say block to block. We're not always going to see them every week, especially with females and hormonal changes and those sorts of things. Um, we're just not going to see absolutely every single week, you know, com- uh, progress in terms of every single lift um, going up. It's it's not realistic to think that, but definitely between week one of a training block and week six, absolutely, we should be seeing uh, increases in the total volume lifted, the total volume load lifted 
per movement, okay? And just a side note about the total training volume. So I think a lot of people think, well, beginners have less sets and more advanced have more sets. And I would say it's actually opposite, okay? Why is this? Because just say we've got someone, you know, and they're not in really poor health. Just say they've been, you know, in the gym or doing some kind of activity for a few months. So they're like relatively healthy. They're probably actually going to need more sets to learn the skill, right? So we're probably have to get, we're probably going to actually have to give them a little bit more sets. We might reduce training intensity, so their RP or their effort, so their RPE or their RIR might have to be backed off a little bit. But we're probably actually going to have to give them more sets for them to even get anywhere close to sets that are actually stimulating the muscle. Now we have to muck around with making sure we're not fatiguing someone by giving them too much, but they may need the practice, you know, they may need to practice the skills more. So they may need more sets. Whereas if we're looking at more of an advanced lifter, they know how to warm up efficiently and get to those top sets where they're, they, they, we're, we're looking at really effective reps. So they're able to train close to failure, say for muscle growth, we're looking within say like zero to four reps of failure. They're actually doing that. They're doing that very, very efficiently, which is going to help with their recovery. So they may only need like two top sets, you know, within a couple of reps of failure. And that's an adequate amount of stimulus in terms uh, for that muscle tissue, which is going to get them the results that they want. So for the fact that they're advanced, they, they're just getting the job done sooner because their skill through technique, through being able to target the muscle tissue that they're trying and target and in their ability to truly, truly, truly get to within a couple of reps of failure, which let me tell you, like I'm not even doing it for all of my movements. A lot of the time my brain will take over in terms of like a safety issue or just getting in my way with numbers and all of those kinds of things. A lot of us think we're training to that level and a lot of us are not right? And that's fine. And that's me too. But it, you can see what I'm saying here is a more advanced lifter is going to be able to get to those sets where they're really putting a shit ton of stimulus on the muscle and engaging in, you know, if the effective reps that they need to build the muscle way more efficiently than a newbie. So don't think, oh, because I have this amount of training volume, it means I'm a beginner or an intermediate or advanced. It may, it, it doesn't have to be like that at all. The more advanced, you know, you may need less sets to get the job done. And of course, with, you know, with training, we're always managing recovery and fatigue. And this is something I think coaches or hopefully good coaches really appreciate. And that's what they're, you know, one of the big markers of their programming is thinking about fatigue and recovery. But as someone who just lifts, and this was definitely me before I had a coach, I had really no concept of managing fatigue or recovery. It wasn't something that I thought about. I was just thinking more, more aggressive, harder is always going to be better. The thing that's going to get me the results is going harder, going more aggressive, when in actual fact, that's not the case. We want to be effective and we want to do that with as little amount of work as possible, which is going to help us recover, which is going to let us do more high quality training sessions, which is where the growth happens, right? Well, look, the growth happens not when we're training, the growth happens when we're resting, but that's another story, right? So you can see that what I'm trying to say here is that feeling entitled to the really quick hits of, you know, physique results we see in a deficit. There's different metrics to apply to progress or success in a maintenance phase, and they're often going to be a lot slower. So on this topic, I also wanted to talk a little bit about entertainment, which is fine. 
If you feel like you really want to be entertained by your training sessions and that's your number one priority and you don't care too much about progress, you don't care too much about seeing any kind of physique results, then that's absolutely fine. Be entertained, seek out entertainment. And that might sound like I'm saying this like rudely and I am absolutely not. You just have to be aware of what your main priorities are when you're training. And the women I coach, their main priority is progress. They want to see progress and it doesn't have to necessarily be be physique for all of them, but they are demanding technical progress. They are demanding strength progress. I know every single one of them demands at least those two, if not also physique progress. So this means increases in lean body mass, decreases in fat mass, just over time, right? Not, you know, actually, I think hardly any of them are actually in deficits right now, Uh, but they're all demanding you know muscle growth and it's understanding that you do have to do the work to obtain those results if you don't have the results yet it means you haven't been doing the work for long enough and I know that that can get up people's um, you know goats we're hearing that that speak but it is true so this is the the strength and physique sports or you know wanting to train for progress over time it's not like the concept of compound interest compound interest works like you know you put in a certain amount of money over time or even just once and let the years do the work with the money you don't have to put in any effort you could make a lump sum investment and the benefits of compound interest is you don't have to do any work and over time the money will compound right Uh, training is not the same as that if you do all of your work in one day and then you don't train for three months you'll be detrained you will not have the benefit of um the stimulus consistently over time so with training we do have to put in the effort and the time consistently week after week we have to do the same with our food we have to do the same with our recovery okay now it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect absolutely every single day but the overall net has to be you know around like seven eight nine out of ten if we do want to see progress over time right So most of the time you're getting your sleep in, you're managing your stress, you're showing up to your training sessions, you're eating your food, you're well hydrated, you're not malnourished, right? You're getting your micronutrients in. We have to do that year on, year out, over and over and over again. And the same thing with training programming, most of the movements that we're going to be programming, yes, individuals will need different variations. Some individuals may need to look like MacGyver, different machines, so they fit them better or use um, other exercises to hit target uh, muscles because of their their mechanics, right? There's there's those sorts of variations, but we're going to largely be doing the same things over and over again, year after year. And it's like, if you want the progress that comes with that, you're going to have to accept that that is what it takes to get those results. And a lot of people may not want to accept that. And I think if you're listening to this, uh, you do, you're more than happy to accept that you actually really enjoy this lifestyle. Most of the women I talk to, most of the women I coach really love training. And it's not to say that we can't have fun with our training programs. It's not to say that we can't, um, you know, try some new things in terms of maybe some rep ranges or some new movement patterns or some new machines or those sorts of things. Absolutely. But the bulk of our training still needs to be, well, even the fun stuff, it needs to have a specific purpose. 
purpose, right? We're not just putting shit in for the sake of it, or at least I don't program like that. Because again, my ladies demand that they're seeing strength training results, they're seeing technique results, and or like or and the physique results as well. They demand all those three. So we really don't have time to waste on doing fucking stupid shit in the gym, which is just going to impact their fatigue and recovery and hinder their results long term. They say to, you know, they, they're saying, even if they don't know, they're saying that it's not worth it to them because they're so demanding of the the results that they want to see, right? And so that's what I'm here to do. There's plenty of people who are programming or, you know, doing whatever for just purely entertainment sake, but that is not the type of client that works with me. She doesn't want that. Her main uh, goal is to see progress. Again, it doesn't mean we can't have some fun, but it all has a very specific purpose, okay? So the next one, the last one is that you're not eating your food. Okay, so I see this a little bit where it's like, oh, I'm on, you know, X amount of food, like 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 calories. And just knowing the insides of this person, you know that they're actually not eating those calories. So this is also like with comparison on social media and seeing certain people and like, oh my God, I can't believe she can eat that much. And it's like sometimes people can absolutely and there are genetic reasons why they might be able to do that. There are also movement reasons why they might be able to do that. You may not realize, but the person, the, you know, the female eating 3000 calories is also doing 25,000 steps a day and training six days a week. And you may not know that. Uh, but sometimes people are given food and I have seen some of my clients do this too. And we've figured it out or I figured it out and we've spoken about it they're not actually eating all of their food and every single day you know it's not well my coach gave me 2500 so I'm only going to eat it on two days and the other days I'm just going to eat a little bit less because I'm scared to Uh, It is literally making sure you're eating your food every single day because that is where we're going to be in a really nice place in terms of your health. We're going to have the greatest access to these micronutrients to make sure you're not malnourished. All of this setting up for really high quality training sessions, uh, de-stressing you and making sure you're in the best position to recover and have sessions where you're not fatiguing really, really quickly. All of these things, again, leading to you being able to have the focus and intent for improving your technique, the ability to sustain high quality training sessions, leading to greater improvements in strength. And the same thing in terms of having the energy to be able to build muscle. But again, just having the, um, the what's the word, the stamina to be able to engage in your training sessions in a way that you're actually training within, you know, a couple of reps of failing the movement for those specific working sets to drive adequate stimulus into the muscles to to build that muscle like you know none of this is let's just you know coming back to the first point let's just treat maintenance as a holding bay because maintenance means maintenance of progress so I'm not really doing much so this is absolutely pointless I hope you can see, and I'm going to wind this podcast up now, that me just going through those three points shows you just how specific and how with how much intent we need to approach our maintenance phases in order to see the progress. And again, if you don't care about it, well, whatever, you know, go do your entertaining sessions and don't eat your food and don't rest and stress out over everything um, and don't bother in terms of, you know, the intensity of your working sets, right? You can do all that. But like I said to you before, if you're listening it's highly likely that you fall into the same category as the women I coach and you're demanding results. You want to see strength improvements. You want to see technique improvements and or muscle, uh, sorry, and yeah, muscle mass 
or body recomposition over time. And maintenance is going to be your best friend, right? And I haven't even gone into, you know, any of the psychological benefits of being in a maintenance phase, right? Like there are so many other benefits that I haven't dived into. I literally just dived into, you know, three of the major reasons that people are completely fucking their maintenance phases. And then, you know, not seeing the amount of progress and blaming other external things where like, look, sorry to say, I'm, I'm not really sorry to say, it's because you aren't applying the maintenance phase with as much attention, focus, and diligence and appreciating what gift you have by being in a maintenance phase in terms of your overall goals. Don't waste it. Okay, I think that was a bit of a mic drop moment. So I'm going to end the podcast here. Thank you so much for joining me on it. I really appreciate it. If you have any comments or want to ask any questions, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, just leave them in the comments below. Let me know if you like the fact that I'm filming these specifically now for YouTube. So before you might have seen the setup was a little bit different uh, and I'm just really excited to continue to produce this content for you. And on the podcast, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, please drop into my DMs on Instagram at Amy Louise Coaching. And let me know what you think. Actually, just one more thing to update you on. So I spoke, oh no, I haven't spoken to you. I don't think about my trip away. So I had a trip away and I had so many ideas come through and there are going to be some really, really exciting announcements come through uh, on all of my platforms. So on the podcast with the YouTube channel, with my Amy Louise coaching Instagram, with the um mentoring page as well if you're uh, a personal trainer and wanting to wanting help with building your business I have all of these plans to literally turn the dial up on every single facet and there's going to be more details spilling out soon so keep an eye on all my pages if you're wanting to like I was talking a lot about today if you're wanting to improve improve the quality of your training sessions if you're wanting this body recomposition change over time if you're not here to fuck around then the stuff comes Coming out over the next few weeks and months is really going to be right up your alley because it's all designed to do that. And if you're a personal trainer who is looking for some business mentoring as well, there's going to be some super, super cool announcements and a bunch of free content that's going to help you level up your business today as well. So thank you all so much for joining. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I will be back next week and I'll speak to you soon.